Chicago, and welcome in to the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000. And we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood with you. We have Shay, we've got Jack, we've got you. On a Tuesday morning, we hope that you have a great day. Open phone lines for you, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. You can watch our show on YouTube, youtube.com. Make sure you subscribe to the ESPN Chicago page. That way you have everything that you need. It's all there, whether it's the live shows, extra content, it's all there. YouTube.com, look for ESPN Chicago, and also on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash ESPN1000Chicago. Cap, you know... When you watch the playoffs, you have no other choice as a Chicagoan, as a Chicago Bears fan, but to think about the Bears. You, we watch the games and we go, wow, look at the hits, look at the execution, look at the offense. Look at the, you see all these things. Look at the coaching, look at the chess match, the human game of chess that is football. And we're watching all of this and we say, wow, that is amazing. That's the best of the best. When you get to the Elite Eight and the Final Four, as we saw on Sunday and then the uh, Super Bowl coming up soon, you say, boy, that's the best. And then you think about all the times you spent on the couch watching the Bears at noon or the 20, uh, 325 game, and you say, boy, the Bears have a lot of work to do. You have no other choice but to think it. Like, I, I'm watching just like, boy, that running back, that Montgomery, he'd look good in the Bear. Oh, that's right. We had him. <laughs> look, at the, look at those quarterbacks. Look at that execution. All of that, right? And then you see the Bears, you say, the Bears really need some, some work. They, it's good, but there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Absolutely. They've got one of the most important things they do this offseason, leaving the quarterback to the side. And we'll get back to the Albert Breer comment, which I found like, whoa, that is great intel. We'll get to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Who's your center? You yes. can't take some guy in the fourth round and go, yeah, you're the center. No. Maybe you could develop him. Olin was a third-round pick. He wasn't the starter when he first got here. Casey Wegman was, who played a billion years in the league. He did, yeah. You have got to address your offensive line. That has got to get fixed. You've got to make sure. I'm not a Nate Davis guy. Mm-hmm. Maybe you move Tevin over to the right side where he played really well when Nate Davis was hurt alongside Darnell Wright going into his second year. You get a new left guard, a new center, and you got Braxton. And now you have Nate Davis as a swing guy. Okay, now we're starting to cook with some gas here. you got to get a wide receiver 1 or 1A, either someone as good as D.J. Moore or better. And D.J. Moore's a stud. So if you get Roma Dunze or you get uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., or you get Malik Neighbors, who I know the Bears like, great, let's go. Maybe it's Brock Bowers. Now you got like a really good, like in line, Cole Komet's as good a blocking tight end as there is in the league, mm-hmm. who can also catch. And now you get Brock Bowers, who can get out and be Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, that type of player. Let's go. So there's a lot of work to do. Okay. So let's do this, Shay. Let's do a Royal Rumble when it comes to the Bears and their depth chart. What I mean is, is I want to be able to look at those that are fans of Justin Fields and those that believe that the Bears need to make a change at the quarterback position. Let's do this. It's pretty obvious that the quarterback position is polarizing and it's either going to be Justin Fields or a draft pick. It won't be Tyson Bajant. It's going to be one or the other. 
But there's other holes on this football team. For all the, the all-knowing Bears fan that says that the Bears are close, they just need to add a little seasoning to what they already have, it's more than that. Because if you watch the playoffs, you see what it actually takes to be able to get there. You may love the Bears as much as we love the Bears and love the blue and orange, but again, it takes more than just a little seasoning or a player or two to get out of last place in the NFC North, let alone um, be one of the dregs of the conference. So let's do this. And again, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776. Our offseason to-do list, quarterback, we already know, is either going to be Justin or the draft pick, but there's other holes. So you mentioned the offensive line. I'm going to go with the offensive line as well and say that it starts with an offensive lineman that can make a difference to block, who again, for Caleb Williams or for Justin Fields or whomever. So if that means left guard, if that means um, right guard, whatever it takes, it starts there for me. Because when we look at the offensive line cap, Braxton Jones, probably not long for here. Tevin Jenkins and Darnell Wright I look at as one, two, two out of the five that I can trust. What did you say about Braxton Jones? Not sure if he's going to be long for here. Oh, I think he's... As a starter. Oh, I think he's... The, the, I think Ryan Poles believes he's he's their left tackle going forward. I believe that. I'm not so sure. I mean, listen, he told us that he really likes Braxton Jones, but did you see the uh, underachievement from him last year? Because I certainly did. Two years ago, yes, because he played every snap. Last year, not as much. Now, if he's going to come back, this will be a crucial year for him. I'd like to upgrade that position if possible because what we're looking at is an underachiever at left tackle. Yeah, I, I, I don't agree with you there. That's I think fine. he's played better than you're giving him credit for, but that's fine. I do not think the Bears are taking an offensive tackle with the number nine pick. I think they want a skill position player there, either neighbors, he'll probably be gone, Roma Dunze or Brock Bowers. I think they're doing one of those three. I think they're ta- I've said to you consistently, they're taking Caleb Williams at number one. I know the Justin Field fan club doesn't want to hear mm-hmm. Fields fan club doesn't want to hear that. We'll play that Albert Breer cut again, and you better pay attention. Yeah. Um, but I think that that's that's you've got to be able to address the offensive line in this draft, if not once but twice. Do you remember his season-ending press conference polls? And he was asked about Braxton, and he said, we like the progress he's making. He spent last summer, and we hope again this summer, working with Olin Krutz in his training center where other offensive linemen go. He's got to get stronger. He needs more seasoning. Again, he was a fifth-round pick from a sub, uh, what do they call him? FBS or a a, a A non-FBS, non-Power 5 school. That's right. And he's come a long way. He's got more to do. I do not think they're taking a tackle that high, unless all the receivers are off the board. It's something that they have to address in the draft is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. That's something you have to address. I agree that you have to address a wide receiver as well, a bookend receiver on the other side of D.J. Moore. Correct. Um, Because what you have here, I think that you have to address it immediately because it's not like Tyler Scott had every snap offensively, but when he was put in a position to succeed, it just didn't work, Cap. It just the the all class, world class speed we saw from him at Cincinnati was fine, but this is the big boys. This is the league, and they gave him as a you know as a gadget kind of receiver an opportunity to succeed. And not saying I'm going to close the book on him, but you can upgrade there, and Tyler Scott can learn on the job if you're going to keep him. Yeah, he's a fourth round pick for a reason. When you have these high picks, you better not miss, and that was why Ryan Pace works for the Atlanta Falcons. 
because he had four top, am I right, four top ten picks? Mm -hmm. Kevin White, bust out. Mitch, bust out. Leonard Floyd, here, bust out. Yeah. He went on to become a better player, but it didn't work here. And Roquan, and he didn't get to his second contract. Yes. So, and then Justin was not a top 10 pick. He was the 11th pick. Mm -hmm. And he may not be here. So, you cannot squander four top 10s and an 11th pick, plus all the draft capital you gave up to trade for Khalil Mack and Justin Fields, and then go, oh, damn, it didn't work. That's why you're where you're at. Okay, so also on that to-do list, if you talk about the defense, what do the Bears do as far as that right side of that defensive line? If Montez Sweat is coming back and he's locked in, mm-hmm. Mike Lombardi, he's locked in, so you don't have to worry about that. But then Andrew Billings showed some signs. Yep, and they locked him up on an extension. Justin Jones? Probably back on a reasonable extension. That defensive tackle. And then, of course, Ngakwe is moving on, so you've got to figure out what you're going to do on the right side of that defensive Plus line. Plus you have Jervon Dexter and Zach Pickens in the middle. And, and shout out to them. Because, Especially Dexter. I thought yeah. Dexter really took steps as the season went on. Demarcus Walker gave you some signs. He did. And then there's Dominique Robinson. So long, everybody. Yeah. Remember he had two sacks or two and a half sacks his first game as a pro. And everyone went, we got the next Richard Dex. <laughs> yeah, not so much. <laughs> not, not, no, it absolutely not. It worked out so far. Um, look, Donnell Hunter is going to be a free agent. Mm-hmm. And I know the Bears love him. If you could get him, it's going to take up a lion's share of your cap space. But, oh, boy, him and Montez Sweat? Yes. Look out. It's important for the Bears, for any team, but for the Bears to get to the quarterback. Because, again, you don't know what you're getting offensively. So you've got to be able to shore up your defense. I, I don't care if it's Caleb Williams, if it's Justin Fields, Cap. You've got to make sure that your defense is tight. Get to the quarterback even more so this upcoming season. Last year, we saw some glimpses. Remember last uh, the year before? Where, I, where you were talking about the offense, I was so down on the defense, and rightfully so. The numbers weren't there. Right. You can't be in the National Football League and can't get to the quarterback. That's ridiculous. Unless you're playing like two up and nine back. Correct. <laughs> if that, like, if you got to do that. But no, Cap, I mean, it got better. Thank God that's what was on the team. Now you got to be able to get better than that. The Also on the to-do list, we're talking about Eddie Jackson, whether or not he's going to be with the football team or not. Who, what do you do at free safety if he's not there? You don't have – Elijah Hicks is not ready for that pipeline. you got to get better at that, at a veteran for that as well. The question is, can Terrell Smith, who's been very, very good so far here early in his career, can he move into that free safety role? Mm-hmm. Remains to be seen. Now, if you're just getting up or you're just getting going, getting your coffee, Albert Breer was on with us from 8.35 till 9 o'clock. He does it every Tuesday. Albert Breer had – some amazingly interesting comments when we asked him about Justin Fields and when the Bears went through all these interviews and talked to these different offensive coaches, what were they saying about Justin or Caleb Williams? And Albert shed some light because he talked to these guys. Yeah, um, well, let me put it this way to you. Like, I, I think some of the guys who went through there and did – you know, interviews, um, did the coordinator interviews there. One of the things that excited them about the job was the chance to take Caleb Williams. And, um, you know, I, like in those interviews, I, I will say that, you know, Matt Eberflus, from my understanding, like he did defend um, Justin Fields and his performance and stuck up for him. Very interesting, the chance to coach Caleb Williams. 
Hoodie, we want. We know you've got opportunities. You're going to interview here, there, and the other place. I think there's like eight OC jobs open. Uh, you'll get to coach Caleb Williams. That's an it. That's really good intel. It is. It's interesting. However, what we talked about uh, at the end of the regular season was this: like, so we're sure that Matt Eberflus is going to be with the football team after year three. We did bring up the point that there's that possibility if the, if the Bears are going backwards as a franchise, could you bring Eberflus back? Say, for instance, you go from seven wins to five wins, especially with a rookie quarterback. That means that everyone's coming back, including the head coach and the coaching staff. The, the, the narrative, not a narrative, but just it was a thought because we've seen this before. We just saw this in Washington with Biennemi. Right. Would, would, could you take a job? Knowing that the Bears were a non-playoff team two years in a row again with Eberflus, can you take that job as an OC with assurances that you'll be there for multiple years to coach Fields or Caleb Williams? That's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course, it's in front of you. If you are the off, an offensive coordinator and you're vying for that job, you say, well, the Bears have the number one pick. That should be Caleb Williams or would it go with Justin Fields? And if, you, if it is Caleb, yeah, I'd take that job, but... Am I going to be here more than a year? Will I get blamed if, they, if it goes backwards? Because it very well could. No question about it. But that's no a, but, question about but, it. But I just want to make sure that that's, that this is what we talked about in December. Like, this could be a situation where a new OC comes in. Oh, we can't get it turned. Now, as much as maybe the, the general manager, Ryan Poles, uh, respects Eberflus, again, it's a hard sell for me this offseason. What about next offseason if you can't get more than seven wins? You said it is a likelihood that the Bears can make the playoffs next year. Yeah, and I think they can. And if they don't, I mean, are you telling me they go nine and eight? And they just don't get in because there's a bunch of good teams. All right, you took another step. You telling me they're going to regress to five wins? Yeah, he's probably getting fired. And then what about the rest of the staff? Well, I, those guys are getting multi-year deals. They're not coming here. I can promise you, Shane Waldron did not sign a one-year deal. I can promise you that. But but that would be typical Bears, would it not? <laughs> because, it's, but again, let's go back to the point again. If the Bears regress, Cap, and they fire Eberflus, hey, Waldron, what are you doing? You want right. to be the head coach of the foot? I mean, that's the only way that you can save face in that, in that spot. Otherwise, you're firing everybody. You And... This is why you've thrown this, you've lobbed this grenade in here a couple times about, well, because there's a new offensive staff here, pretty much, that Iberflus could be coming back after year three, no matter what happens. That fair? Yes. Golly. That's hard to swallow, especially if you don't make the playoffs in year after year three. Of this nonsense. Look, uh, that, is that not fair or not? It is. Because like, if we're standing here in January and the Bears only won six or seven games, again, a non-playoff team, and Iberflus is still here, and again, you decided Luke Getze wasn't the right guy, all right, fine. You have every right to do that. Getze, quarterbacks, coach. So you, you wiped out the almost the entire offensive staff. So now in the back of my mind, it's like no matter what happens, Iberflus is going to be here for year four. That's really believing in a coach, man. Without skins on the wall, it really is. It is. It's just not like you. it's not like you got some guy who's taken two teams to the you know NFC or AFC title game. Okay, I didn't know. I didn't know Jimmy Johnson was in Lake Forest. Okay, right? Because that's what it sounds like. Because when you do that, it wasn't just the OC. 
the majority of the offensive staff is gone. Correct. Okay. Okay. So if it if it doesn't turn, well, we still like you like Eberflus. You know, it reminds me of the St. Louis Rams. It reminds me of Minnesota. It does. It would not in that situation. Right. Okay. I think they're going to take a step. I really, I've said that for a long while. I truly believe that, that this thing's going in the right direction. I believe that. You could go in the right direction and still win seven games again next year. Correct. But why can't we be Houston with Caleb Williams? I'd why, love that. Why, why can't we? Yeah, I'd love it. Yep. We're you, going to you, see. So I think Shay might have asked this in one of the shout or no, no shots. And we'll get to your phone calls momentarily. 312-332-3776. We want you to add on to the Bears' offseason to-do list. We know it's quarterback, but what else do the Bears really need to focus on, especially at nine in this draft? I think Shay might have asked this question about, do you think that the Bears hired their next head coach by having Shane Waldron as the OC? You don't get a lot of slide overs in the NFL. You don't, but... If you brought him in, like, he jumped. He took the job. He would have gotten his pick. Does Paul say to him, all right, I'll give you a three-year deal at significant money. We're in the millions to get him. And we want you to be here long-term to help develop this quarterback. In whatever role that is. You can't tell him if it doesn't work, you're going to be the head coach because that is completely disloyal to your head coach. That is that is true. How, however. But there's understanding or I, th- I think I'll have a shot at that job. He comes home to his wife and goes, look, we're going to Chicago. They gave me three years at whatever. And if it doesn't work overall, I think I'm going to have a shot at that head job there. Maybe. We'll see. You know how ass backwards that would that would look to everybody, right? It would just be like, well, Eberflus couldn't do it, but Shane Waldron's working with this new new quarterback in Caleb Williams. Uh, he can't blow everybody out out now. So Shane could just step over eighteen inches and be the head coach. You know how you know what that looks like, right? Because yeah. <laughs> usually in that spot, you fire everybody. Usually, this is why Getsy was the scapegoat because that was Eberflus's choice. Correct. And okay. everyone went, but Justin could be so much better if he had better coaching. Okay. Hmm. Listen to Albert. And he said, uh, Luke is very well respected in the league. And that's why he's getting opportunities to interview for other OC jobs. And that, what was the other part of his quote? We should bring that back where he said, there are people in the league who actually think he did a pretty good job with Justin. Jack, if you could get that before the cut of the day. This add-on to that cut from Albert Breer, who is on with us. And if you missed it, it's going to be on the on the podcast, available on the ESPN Chicago app. Oh, you'll hear it all day on this station. Those are two money cuts. A, Getsy's well-respected in the league, and people th- there are people in the league that think, he did a pretty good job with Justin. That's A. Mm-hmm. B, uh, they're telling candidates when they came in the interview, you have the chance to coach Caleb Williams. Oh, your lion eyes. <laughs> he did a great job with Justin Fields. A pretty good job with Justin Fields, huh? Have you? We watched every game and every snap. Okay. I can tell you, with because this is fact, someone told me that they believe, Luke and people around him, they believe they got everything they could possibly get out of Justin Fields. I think we did a lot of good things. That's probably what he told them, Luke Getzey.
All right, let's go to the phone lines. Talk to you. 312-332-3776, our phone number. This coaching situation, mm-hmm. that's not going away. This is going to be uh, a one of the things that will be a sticking point with us. Mm-hmm. Not, not in January. I'm just saying moving forward. If the if, I'm not rooting for the Bears' demise. I'm saying that if it's a, even a, with a young quarterback, there's going to be growing pains. Yeah, for, with Waldron and Caleb Williams if he's the quarterback. Yeah, and what I'm saying is is that I would love for the Bears turn it just like Houston to have a bright future immediately. But if they don't, let's go to the phone lines to talk to you. Rolling Meadows. Here's Joe on Cap and J Hood. Hey Joe, good morning. Morning. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Joe. I just wanted. My question would be, like you said, you guys mentioned, if, if the Bears don't progress and the next step is to fire Eberflus with Waldron on a multi-year contract, the next step would either be to promote him or either fire him to hire another offensive coach or fire him or keep him to hire a defensive coach. And defensive coaches are starting to not do so great anymore. So what would be the next step? Either keep him and hire and uh, promote him to head coach or you get rid of him and just start over again. Look, when they give you a multi-year deal, it's just money to them. It's a five-plus billion-dollar franchise, and there's what's called an offset in your contract. So if Shane Waldron, let's just pull a random number. He's making $3 million a year, let's say. If he takes a job with another team, he gets fired next year, and he goes to the Tampa Bay Bucks is their new OC. Whatever they pay him, that comes off what the Bears owe him. So there's really no downside here. The only person that really gets protected is Shane Waldron's family. Okay, so it, there's no there's no consequence. No, if they decide next year, a year from now, that Hoodie's right. Hey, I was listening to Jonathan Hood this morning. He's right. We got a blowout Eberflus in the staff. And they clean it all out. Those guys get no, a job somewhere else. Not out of football now. <laughs> if you become a salesman for Amway... Yeah, you get your money. But if you go take another coaching job, every one of those contracts is in what's called an offset. You make $3 million in Chicago, we're paying you two five. The Bears only owe half a million. How about that, Joe? Uh, thanks. I appreciate it, guys. All you right, bet. Joe. Here's Albert Breer from Money Morning Quarterback and SI.com. He's very well respected. Um, and, in fact, I think there uh, are people out there that think he did a pretty good job. You know, the last couple of years, all things considered, um, bringing Justin along, um, building an off- offense for Justin, weathering the injuries, having a rookie quarterback ready to go, and Tyson Bajan. Um, you know, it wasn't an ideal situation the last two years. And so I do, I would say there are enough people that feel like, you know, like that, that, that the potential that he had two years ago when he was hired um, and became an offensive coordinator, that potential is still there. And some of the circumstances were an issue for him in Chicago. And, like, guys, it's, if you thought it was broken, right? Like, if you're Matt Eberflus and you thought it was broken, then why did, like, every guy you look at come from the same tree, right? Like, they were looking to continue on what Luke Getzey had built in that sort of McVay, Shanahan, LaFleur type of system, right? And they mm-hmm. go and get a guy who fits that in Shane Waldron. So I think that's also, I, I'd say, proof at least that, that Eberflus and, um, and, and Poles and those guys didn't think the thing was completely broken. Thoughts there from Albert Breer. So... You hear that, and the people that just think Luke Getzey's the stupidest person in the world, they're like, what? Really? Let's see where he ends up. Does he have a gig? Does he go somewhere as an OC? But the, what was really intriguing, that 
there are people in the league that think he did a pretty good job with Justin Fields. And I can tell you, because I spoke to one of them, there are people in the league that think he wrung every bit he could get out of Justin Fields. 312-332-3776 is our telephone number. I'm not number. saying I agree with that. I'm just telling you what they're saying. Sure. Mike in Yorkville on ESPN 1000. Good morning, Mike. Hey, guys. Love the show. Good morning. Um, enough of the Caleb Williams, right? I'm, I'm sick of this Caleb Williams talk. It, the guy paints his nails, and he cries on the field. Who I don't think cares gonna... if he paints his nails? <laughs> Who cares? I don't think he's going to fit in in Chicago. Because? Yeah, I don't... Because? Because he doesn't have that uh, the grit. There's a there's a Chicago grit that you have to take. It's, it's first of all, he also went to New Jersey and asked to buy a piece of the Jets or New York. He, he asked to buy a piece of the Jets. What kind of? No, guy, he did like, not ask to buy he, a piece he, of the Jets. He did not. He asked for for compensation. He asked for for stock. He wanted shares. He did, in, in, please in stop Jets. believing that idiotic <laughs> stuff out there. Why are you laughing, Mike? Players can't do, do that. that. He did not do that. His agent, a hundred percent, asked for. In, in compensation for drafting for drafting Caleb Williams, he will get a piece of your organization. That, that is, is a false story. Players are not allowed to do that. They can't have a piece of your franchise. Players can't do that? I thought Aaron Rodgers owns a piece. They cannot do that. He owns a Bucks, part of a piece of Bucks, I think. Yeah, he owns a piece of the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. He does not own a piece of the Jets. Mike, where do you get your news? I guess off of Twitter. I yeah. guess I should stop doing that. Yep. Yes. Probably should. Thanks for the phone call. If you're, if you're against him because you are a Justin Fields fan, that's fine. But when you call in and talk about someone who paints his nails or because he's, because he's emotional after a loss, I want a guy who cares. You know, Mike, here, here's, a, here's a problem with you. You're part of the problem because you're into feelings and what looks good to you telegenically. You know what matters to me? wins exactly right see that's the difference between you and again mike you can fan how you want to fan but let me just tell you guys like you can be can be considered the problem in that if you're only concerned about the aesthetics and what someone looks like and so if they act differently from you then that's an issue you know what the issue is for me the bears aren't winning enough football games my issue also is that the bears need to be able to find more players more quality players free agency in the draft to be able to be a perennial winner i don't care if the person's pink blue or purple i don't care what they do in their in their uh you know away from the football field are you a good person as far as what you do off the field, are you in the police blotter? No? Okay. Can you play football at a high level? Can you help the Bears win? That's what I care about. When you care about the gutter and when you care about stuff that doesn't matter, then that's the kind of fan that I don't have time for. I don't. Yeah. Again, he's a really good football player. Ryan Poles has to do all his homework. That means multiple days with him. Medicals. Talking to everyone in his past. And in the end, he's got to wake up on draft day and go, I'm sticking with Justin, I'm taking Caleb Williams, or guess what? I got Jonathan Hood in the gym. He's getting in better shape. He's my quarterback. I am, actually. But now I'm not going to be the quarterback anytime soon. Never know. I told you, when I come back to this life, left guard. There you go. Or, or, or snapper. That way, no make people a, make a center. Out of make me no, no, too much responsibility. No, no, no. It's like being the cashier at the jewels. Go hit somebody. Hold on a second. No, no, it's like being the cashier at the jewels. I never handle someone else's money. Correct. Absolutely not. Now, as far as being an interior shelf decorator, I'll stock your shelves for you. That's the best. <laughs> like a, or like the union meat department. 
I'll do that, Cap. Absolutely. But as far as handling the money, no. That's the center. I got That's too much responsibility. Now, long snapper, they'll leave me alone. Can't hit you. Right. I'm over here with the punter and the kicker. Mm-hmm. I'm, the, I'm, in the, I'm in a, on a lawn chair drinking lemonade while everyone else is working hard. That's what I want, Cap. I'll still get my million five or whatever that is. Oh, cake. Pat Manley part two. <laughs> That's what I want. Yeah. Golf outings. Oh, bring in the long snapper. That's me. How's, how's it going, everybody? 15-year long snapper. I'm retired. <laughs> Feeling and I good? made a lot of money. Yeah. And I got a pension coming. <laughs> That's what I want. I don't want that much responsibility. I agree. I'm coming back in this world as long snapper. Pretty good. We're with you until 10 o'clock. Then Mike Greenberg comes in at 10, followed by Carmen and Yurko. New time, by the way. Have you heard this while you were in Florida? I have. I was retweeting. I think it's super cool. And I'm looking forward to the half-hour crosstalk between the Carmen and Yurko and Waddle and Sylvie show. Yeah, I'm sure this will be part of their topic. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun to listen to. There's some odd people on social media saying, I don't understand. What's the difference? Why is Carmen and Yurko, Twilight Trey, what's the difference? The difference is, is that Yurko won't be making his tea time Correct. this summer. Not happy. He wants to be able to be on that golf course. <laughs> because the way it was before, I'll be there at 3 o'clock, kid. Not anymore. 12 to 3. The uh, Waddle and Sylvie and Carmen Yurko crosstalks at 2.30. Black and Abdallah at 6.30 right here on ESPN 1000. We see you on hold. You will be on the air. 312-332-3776, our phone number. What do you think what Albert Breer had to say about Luke Getze? And also taking a look at the quarterback position for the Chicago Bears. And we're asking you to fill out the offseason to-do list for the Chicago Bears. Cap and J-Hood on ESPN 1000. Also on 100.3 FM HD2. Here's today's headlines, headlines. with Cap and J-Hood. For headlines, I'm David Kaplan. Are you? Wow. Are you David Bulls Kaplan? back in action tonight against the Toronto Raptors <laughs> at the United Center. Uh-huh. Bulls won their last game against Portland over the weekend. Remain in the playing tournament hunt at 22 and 25. They're six and a half point favorites tonight. They get Toronto and then they get the awful Charlotte Hornets. Hey. And when they get to 24 and 25, the settlers, or settlers in the front office will tell you, we're right there. Don't believe them. Don't fall for their ridiculousness. Chiefs pass rusher Charles Amenahue exited the AFC title game on Sunday with a knee injury. Confirmed yesterday with an MRI and he said on social media, I'm going to miss the Super Bowl. I tore my ACL. Chargers have a new head coach, Jim Harbaugh, but they'll reportedly have a new GM, Joe Horitz. Horitz served as the Ravens director of player personnel since 2019. He's worked for the franchise for 26 seasons. He's a Horitz. Wow. Sorry. And the Bucks lost Doc Rivers' coaching debut 113-107 of the Nuggets last <laughs> night. Better defensively, but they gave up a lot in the paint, and that's where they lost the game, the painted area. That's not Bucks, Blake's fault, baby. They blanked, The Bucks ranked 24th in defensive efficiency under former coach Adrian Griffin. Jack! I didn't stop Jeff him in the back. Jay Hood on back. And you know down. this. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. (laughs) Water's down. Everything all right? Water's down. Fortunately, it's just on my newspaper, but I'm not happy about it. (sighs) Not happy about it, Hoodie. This is what happens when I have to work with a senior. It's unbelievable. Water down. What the hell, Cap? Well, you know what? It happens to the best of us. You're not drowning over there, are you? You're okay? No, I'm good. Okay. 
Not happy about it. <laughs> wrecked my newspaper, which I like to take with me. Would you like some of my water now? Now no, that your man. your canteen is empty. Captain J Hood on ESPN One Thousand. I straight. got most of it. I caught it. Yeah, but what the? But did you put your powder in there? I did. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> electrolytes. 312-332-ESPN 332-3776 is our telephone number. Hey, you know, it happens to the best of us. happened to me. I had a a river of coffee in here that I spilled one day. I remember that. I mean, it stayed here for about three days. (laughs) That's the way way it works around here. That is correct. If you're just joining us this morning, we're talking about the Bears offseason to-do list. Everyone's so hyper-focused on the quarterback, but there are other needs for the Chicago Bears team as well. We're getting your thoughts on that uh, as well. As we go to the phone lines to talk to you, uh, Max in Lake Forest on ESPN 1000. Max, good morning. Ma- Max, what's yeah, up, hey kid? Guys. Turn that radio down, going? buddy. Turn that radio down. Oh. Is that better? Yes, sir. Yes, much better. All right. Sorry about that. Uh, hey, you guys. Big Bears fan. Um, unfortunately, also a big Notre Dame football fan. And Yuck. we just, in the, in the time Man. that I've been a fan, not, not in the business of making good quarterbacks look bad. And that's, that's what gives me cause of concern for, for Caleb. He came into ND, and they made him look really bad, and I guess that, that's why I'm a little hesitant there. Optimistic uh, that we can maybe find someone else or get some pieces, but I don't know. I'm sure you guys watched that game. It, it wasn't pretty. Yeah, so, so Max, that's, tell me about those one-game seasons. Usually, how does that work? <laughs> Did you get to the national championship on that one game or no? The, the, no, no. It was a kind oh. of a pointless game, but I oh. mean – Four picks. No, no, no. What, I, what I'm saying is, is that one game does not make or break a quarterback or any player on the college level. I mean, it, it's one thing. Mm-hmm. If, if that's the only game that you saw, then that's your your takeaway is Caleb Williams sucks. But but if no. but, but but if you watch all the games like I have and as Shea has watched, uh, that guy is at the top of the top of this draft. Yeah, I, I, so I'm trying to draw the connection. I guess like in the last 15 years. Trevor Lawrence, you know, um, uh, Andrew Luck, the guys that come in, I don't know, that are really superstars. They come in and they make, you know, they make us look pedestrian. And, and I can't think of a single good quarterback that we've ever made, made look good <laughs> or make, make, made look bad in, in my time as a fan. And it's a, it's a nuance. It's an anecdotal, you know, sort of observation. I, I get that. But that, that, that's what I wanted to chime in with. Yeah. All right. Thanks, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. Mean, again, again, we, this is, Shay, this is the lament. Uh, USC happened to be in the Midwest. I saw him against Notre Dame. Caleb Williams had a bad game. He sucks. Well, in the year before against Notre Dame, he completed 81% of his passes, threw a touchdown, and ran in three. Oh, no, no. That doesn't matter. <laughs> so, oh, no, no, no. That, ma- that doesn't, All that oh, matters is what he did this year. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because that, that was a fluke, those other games. Or those other outstanding games he played. That doesn't matter. You know, I, I, I find this fascinating that if you see a player once, that that's exactly who he is. I think that just, I find it fascinating because... You're right. But especially someone that's at the top of the draft. Caleb Williams had a bad game against Notre Dame, and others, by the way. His defense around him sucked. That's why he lost a number of those games, because the defense was a sieve. But yet, the one game you see is exactly who he is. Not true. I couldn't call my favorite uh, sports radio station and say, I saw him in this one game. That guy's terrible. Goodbye, guys. Right. But, but again, <laughs> when Mahomes like, was coming out, they had a substandard record. Yeah. And but Mahomes didn't paint his nails, Cap. 
Nope. Right. Mahomes doesn't paint his nails or cry. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just silly. Just silly narrative. Let Poles do his work. And if he says that's the guy, okay, now surround him. Let's do something we've never done. Novel approach. Not just get the kid and drop him in and go, good luck. No. Guess what? We also got you Brock Bowers or Roma Dunze. And we upgraded the offensive line. And we got a brand new offense coordinator who is familiar with you. You're familiar with him through the quarterback collective, which Justin's been a part of as well. And let's see what we can do here. Anyone that calls out someone for being emotional or because they do something different, I wonder about their closet. 312-332-3776 is our phone number. Back to the phone lines we go. What number did you put up there? Chris. Okay, we go to Chris in Tinley Park on ESPN 1000. Hi, Chris. Chris, good morning. Hi. Good. You know, and, uh, you know, Caleb Williams uh, was uh, impressive the year before, and I know this year, and then I know he had a substandard defense. The thing that I'm really disappointed in is I wanted to see how he was going to perform in the bowl game because at the end of the day, you want to win a championship. And I want to see how good this guy looked when going up against, you know, uh, this, you know, their championship team in the, uh, in the Holiday Bowl. And he sat out. And I understand that he's thinking about his future. Are you telling me if that general. was your son, you would have had him play? Because if he's, and you know what, my son's in the Navy, and uh, so, yeah. and he's in charge of a handful of guys, and you know they depend on him. And you know what, he trains guys, and he goes out with the guys. And you know when when I'm looking at this football mentality, you're leading your troops into battle. All right. You want to see how he does in the big game. And then all of a sudden, Miller Moss comes in, who hasn't even started a game since his junior year in high school. Yeah. And he breaks a record. Now, does that show you more about the infrastructure around him? Or because my, at the end of the day, it's like, Caleb Booms, you're on the sideline. You need to be in that game. I mean, Regardless of how your defense is played, no. If that was your son, he would not. You would not risk his health when he's going to be the number one pick in the draft. That would be insanity to, for a meaningless Holiday Bowl. So Chris and Tilly Park can go. Oh, I saw him really step up in the Holiday Bowl. Who cares about the freaking Holiday Bowl? And Chris, your son is doing real, doing God's work. Yes, okay? don't, 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 he's don't exactly right. Don't confuse sports entertainment with uh, real life in the Navy. Well, I just want to get your guys' take on that because, you know, you, you get to the bowl game and I think you just want to see how does somebody perform under pressure. Can I know? just – I feel like he, he's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. If he plays in the bowl game then people and plays well, people go, oh, well, it was Louisville in the Holiday Bowl. It didn't actually matter. And then if he doesn't play in the bowl game, it's like, look what Miller Moss did against Louisville. What about Caleb uh-huh. Williams in the Cotton Bowl a year ago going for 460 and five tuds against a ranked Tulane? Nobody ever yeah. talks about that. Well, I appreciate all this. Hey, just one, uh, one thing before I let you guys go. What do you guys think of the guy from, uh, I think it's North Carolina? Is it Drake May? Yeah. You know? He might be the second best uh, quarterback that's taken in this draft. Of course, people will, po- will point at that in some of his losses and say he's not that good either. Can, can I just make sure it's very clear, uh, Cap? And, Chris, we appreciate your telephone call. Chris, what your son is doing makes a difference for all of us in keeping us safe because he's in the Navy. Yes. The idea that you're talking about how he's in charge of, of individuals and his teammates in the Navy and talking about a quarterback that's here to entertain us 
is nonsense. Yeah, it's two different things. What oh, your son does every yes, day matters. Oh, my God. Now, I'll also say this. It's a great call that you made in 2015. But it's 2024. You, Chris, you have to be in tune with what's going on. I'm a college football fan, more so than the NFL. I would love for all the players that I've, I spent so much time on Saturdays watching in the regular season, I'd love for all of them to play in bowl games. The best against the best that line up. That's not how it's done today, and I had to adjust as a fan. I'm still watching the games. I'm still betting on those games, Cap. But the point is, though, is that uh, you have to realize that these, these, some of the best that you saw on Saturdays are not playing the bowl games because they know they're going to be drafted high. And it's a business decision. This is what college sports has become, business decisions. So I get your point. Yeah, you would love to see him in the bowl game, but that's not what's happening today. Not just, not just Caleb Williams, but some of the best that's going to be taken in the draft early are going to sit out and get ready for the combine, and some skip the combine that is and, correct. and get ready for the NFL. Correct. They come to Indy. We saw them last year. Yes. They come to Indy, they do the weights and the measures and the medicals, and they're like, I'm not throwing. I'm not running. Good luck. And then they have their own pro day where they orchestrate everything, and that's it. My whole thing, Cap, is you don't have to dance around anything with us. You and I are sports fans just like our listeners. We're not above anybody. We're, We're sports fans like you. Chris, if you call in and say, I want Justin Fields to be the quarterback for the Bears. Just say it. You could do that without trying to uh, undermine or diminish Caleb Williams. We got a bunch of those on right now. You know, that's all I'm saying. Uh, Bronson in Michigan City on ESPN 1000. Bronson, good morning. Morning, guys. How you doing? Great. What's up, man? Uh, not much. Sorry about all the Kyles calling in and just complaining about everything. But uh, I was called Kyles. You know the ma- the male Karens there, Kyles. Oh, well, they, anyway. got okay, got it. Um, We're learning. Yeah, it's all good. Um, yeah, I work nights at a factory, and you know all the friends, all the guys, all have the NFL Plus. So everybody's got a team. It's not just Bears fans around here. Uh, I'm the only one on my shift, so you know I'm I'm catch. I'm grasping at straws, and you know, we hired Waldron. And uh, I'm I'm pretty pumped about it, but thinking about it, uh, you know, I think Carmen Yurk were talking about it like a couple of weeks ago when we hired him. You know, a good situation to be in is if we're trying to retain our offensive coordinator if he does a good job. Mm-hmm. You know, like all of a sudden now, hey, we're doing good, and then it's like you know, Adam Gates wasn't a good head coach, but he was a good coordinator for that one year, and then bam, he's gone. Yeah, but um, I think. Uh, you know, if he if Walt, we get Williams, he molds them, whatever, two years down the road, if we're doing good, I honestly think we hired our next head coach in Waldron if, you know, all the cards play right. Because, you know, defense can carry over to another defensive guy. You know, great. Eberflus did a good job. Awesome. But I'm hoping Waldron steps it up, man. I hope he lights it up. Like, I just, we need something new. Everybody is satisfied with good, and we need great. Yep. We got to strive for the best. Thanks, Bronson, for the call. The Cap and J Hood cut of the day, right around the corner, right here on Chicago's Home for Sports. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. Cap and J Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Cap and J Hood, weekday morning, 7 to 10. Right here on ESPN 1000 and some Bulls news. 
Yep. Uh, Bulls have just released this. Bulls forward Patrick Williams has been diagnosed with acute bone edema in his left foot. He'll be immediately beginning a period of active rest and be reassessed in approximately two weeks. So he's probably out until the All-Star break, but it's not a broken bone, so it's a lot better than it could have been. Also, funky cold edema. Go ahead. A friend of mine texted me and said, okay, I heard your caller saying, well, uh, Caleb wasn't good against Notre Dame, so we shouldn't draft him. He said, can you pull up the box score from the Northwestern Ohio State game, Justin's final year? Uh-huh. Yeah, Justin Fields. 12 of 27 for 114 and two picks <laughs> against Northwestern. Yes. So come on now. Can we stop with this? Not every career is made in one game. Now time for the Cap and J-Hood Cut of the Day. Brought to you by Chicago Cut Steakhouse Jack. Yo. Yes, it's boring, but it's a sport. Oh! Whatever. Cut it. It's not boring. Okay, then you're boring. All right, cut! What's your name, Rosalie? All right, we're going to do a recap right here, right in front of the dead body. Here we go. Three, two, one. No, sideways. Thanks. Here we go. Three, two, one. Here we go. Welcome to the recap. This lady's passed out on the floor, but Dr. Bruce getting the job done. Wendy getting the job done. Look at this. Zoom in, huh? Zoom in. There you go. (laughs) Outstanding. Brought to you by the enemy. (laughs) That's what I was expecting. And that's all, folks. The Captain J-Hood Cut of the Day. Brought to you by Chicago Cut Steakhouse. It's on LaSalle, north side of the Chicago River. Just a spectacular, spectacular experience. You've got a special occasion, a business lunch or dinner. Or just want to eat great food and be treated like a king or queen. Chicago Cut Steakhouse. Uh, Rick is on the south side on Captain J-Hood. Rick, good morning. Yeah, good morning. Yeah, I, I, my comment was about the Getsy. I think they're really trying. I think he got thrown under the bus by Flus and Poles. Uh, they came in. They all came in as rookies that year, and they asked Poles, "Don't you want to look at any other coaches and things like?" That? No, this is my guy. He didn't even make a coaching search, and then Flus goes up and picks this guy. Well, I like this type of offense. He's picked this guy out there, and I think he was kind of early. This guy was coaching Aaron Rodgers before, you know. Yeah, what does he have uh, have experience in developing a young quarterback? I heard uh, one coach said that the thing about Getzey's offense that was hard that his offense counted on uh, Darren Rodgers being able to go hit the middle of the field and drop that ball precision between the safeties and the cornerbacks. You know, you were you weren't going to get that. So I think a lot of the things I don't know that he was necessarily that that good because he was predictable, and that's like the the, the kiss of death for a coordinator. But in, on on this. On this uh, Justin Fields, but he's a good young man, and they want to give him another job. But on this Justin Fields thing, I think people in Chicago, we don't even know what a good quarterback looks like. So we see Justin Fields, and I think a lot of people are hesitant to move away from Devin Hester with an arm. You know, we might not know quarterback for runners. We know. We Damn, know an Rick. exceptional runner. You didn't have to do that. Rick, up, Devin Hester with an arm. Rick, wow. you didn't have to do that. Come on now. <laughs> That's a damn shame what you just said. <laughs> That man can run. Who, who, who have we had that has run like him since Hester? Uh, Mitch. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Mitch actually was a pretty good runner, but not as good as Justin, obviously. And, anyway, and Bobby, that's, and Bobby uh, Douglas. But, but we'll yeah. see. Whoever polls chooses, I'm good with. But they're all we're learning on the job, and, and uh, I guess he took the fall. Rick, we appreciate the phone call. Thank you very much. <laughs> he hit the dismount there, didn't he? He did. He give you a little Devin Hester with an arm. Damn. That's a shame, man. That's cold. That is- <laughs>
<laughs> that is cold. <laughs> That's good stuff there. Whoa, look out! Wow. Jack got it. Came in a little in hot. My bad. Jeez. Oh. Back to the workshop. You here again tomorrow? No, I'm not. Jay Moore's back. Jay Moore! All right. We thank you for listening and calling in and being part of the program here on uh, Captain Jay Hood. Thank you for calling and uh, twitching. How about tomorrow we do a Waddle Wednesday? That would be a great, great plan. We do have to mention that tomorrow night, one of the biggest stars in sports is in our town. Who's that? Caitlin Clark. Oh, yeah. Sold out up there. Yeah. Yeah. Caitlin Clark at Northwestern tomorrow night. We can give her a couple of minutes. She's amazing to watch. All right. That's part of the show. And Waddle Wednesday on Wednesday morning. Enjoy your day, everybody. So long, everybody. Take that. From Chicago.